Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome to part three of the Stompcast and to a beautiful day. Just saying that we had a quick photograph in, in the countryside. Uh, it's such a beautiful day, isn't it? I know, I take you to the best places, don't oh, I? Oh, you literally <laughs> do. And you also brought the best weather, because I must say, Charlie and I often, when we seem to be on the same stomp, we, we sometimes bring the weather, I don't know. And it's You're not committed the good weather. though, aren't you? Yeah, we do, we do push through. There's not very occasion. We have once or twice, hands up, had to stand underneath a tree for a moment because oh, it has no. been absolutely... That wouldn't have worked with my blade dryer. Yeah, so, <laughs> but we're very, very fortunate in, in these settings to enjoy, you know, the sunshine and, and so much of it, isn't it, with when it comes to enjoying nature, it's just getting out in it. Yeah. Isn't it? Just get outside and just go for a little, just don't even have a direction all the time, just get out, have a walk and, you know, you never know you're going to bump into what you're going to see or what experience you're going to have. It's hard, isn't it? Because sometimes you don't have the motivation and sometimes you feel like, well, what's that going to do for me? Mm. And then you do it and you're like, oh, it's going to do absolutely everything for me. And yeah, I feel so good for it. Yeah. Like we are aiming up a hill here so we can go. Oh, <laughs> do I we like want to it. take on the hill gently? Yeah, we can take I like on gently. It. Listen, I, I'm, a, I'm big into like cardio, exercise, What's weights, your favourite like, kind of, what's your kind of favourite exercise? So I'm training for a half marathon. Awesome. Uh, I'm doing the half marathon next weekend. So that was like, I'm where is it? Uh, it's in Victoria Park in East oh, London. Beautiful. So I'm 40 on Wednesday, then I do the half marathon on the Saturday, and it's a big fundraising event for my well, a charity. Huge happy, a huge happy birthday. I mean, Thank what you. What a way, I wouldn't <laughs> say necessarily I'd celebrate my birthday with a. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm. I am, I'm sure you'll love it. I'm I sure am massively into health, and like, yeah. I, I just have been so unwell, and I always look back on that time and I always promise myself that if I can live to the full again I absolutely will so it is something I feel passionate about Um, my husband's really into cardio the gym swimming so in our our relationship and our marriage when one's lost motivation the other one's kept discipline and kept the other one going that's quite good so so when the other's feeling like oh I can't I don't know if I feel like this you're like come on yeah who who is more rigid between you it's Richard isn't it well maybe Richard yeah because it's funny I don't know do people exist that just love exercise and eating healthy every day maybe they do I don't know but I definitely um I'm in peaks and troughs so that outwardly people might think oh if you're running a half marathon you're one of those annoying people that can just train all the time and eat broccoli and actually I have had unhealthy relationships with food alcohol you know I've been through bouts of depression where I don't want to train and stuff so I definitely use it as a tool and do it when I don't want to because that's when I know I need to. So he's been that positive influence on me as a friend in that mm. way. So, oh, that's yeah. amazing. And, and I, I can certainly with uh, you know my relationship with food, it's been that's been a challenge and and an exercise. And I think one of the things I've learned with everything in the last couple of years is that um, sometimes what, what you need the most you, you don't feel like doing or you don't yeah, want to do. And I think often. That, that's, that's the thing about exercise is that it is hard work when you're doing it. Yeah. You're sweating like a pig, it's hard work, but often it's the pill that you don't 
realise perhaps how much you need and you, you, you get consistent with it. It does really help, doesn't it? Yeah, and the confidence of like, often when you think about confidence and exercise, you think about the aesthetics of, oh, well, you, you look better in your clothes. But for me, I, I got quite into weightlifting and the confidence it gave me as a woman, mm. I know it's probably a little bit placebo, but it made me feel strong when I mm. felt weak. Mm. And, you know, obviously I'm probably not stronger than a man, but it made me feel more able and more capable. And it just gave me this sort of like push to do things I was frightened of. So it is a little bit of placebo effect because I'm only talking about mm. lifting five kg. Well, I don't think it's, it's, it isn't even, it isn't even placebo. It is, it's, 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 it's the psychological benefits, but also like the physical side that you are physically becoming more capable. And also I think you're, you're learning that your boundaries aren't your boundaries or what you, what you think your limit is isn't your limit and that yeah. gives you a great amount of, when you push past what you think is your barriers and I, I can't do more than that I can't lift heavier than that you learn something new about yourself that you can overcome yeah it does and I think that you. psychological thing is massive I always yeah. say it to abs I joke with her since I've been training and stuff I just feel like when I go somewhere even to the shopping mall I think do you know what if something is an emergency I could run or I could do this so I could I know it sounds That's, ridiculous no, no, but no, I can I'm deal with totally stuff you know with you and that oh, I know that sounds a little bit anxious but I always think that that if I ever need to run or rescue or yeah. jump or whatever I'm capable I can, I'm capable, I'm capable. I'm able. and there's yeah. something about that self-assurance that you know that yeah okay I can't go and if that tree falls over I'm not going to lift up the tree yeah. but I feel like I don't know it's mentally I'm like I'm Strong. I think we could lift up the tree. The I two think of between us. of us we yeah. can do it. Yeah, maybe this slightly smaller one, that really big <laughs> one. We might need Charlie to help him for yeah. that big one. Charlie's big on a training as well. So you filmed a TV series called Jailhouse A Mum, which is filmed in the US. Yes. Um, it has recently aired, so it's available for streaming. Where can people have, uh, listen, have a watch yeah, of it? Yeah, they can go to UK TV Play, and it's a five-part series, five episodes, and you can stream it now. Now, so. the, the, the title... It's very, it's, I'd say it's very extreme. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very graphic. Is it as extreme as it, as it appears on the tin? Yes, it's exploring motherhood in a place you never thought you'd see it, mm. which is behind bars. And motherhood is quite a broad, uh, broad thing, isn't it? There's women incarcerated at pregnancy. Oh, look, we've done our steps. 10,000. High five, stick it there, bam, we've done it. The old Garmin watch, That's so congratulations. Good. That's so good. Um, yeah, so you, pregnant mothers being incarcerated, um, mothers of older children and the impact on the wider family who are left behind, uh, women who are children themselves going to jail at the start of their lives and babies being born in prison. Um, it was a six month project. I was backwards and forwards for six months filming with them um, and it started off a, a project about mums in the justice system and it ended a project about addiction, generational addiction, generational incarceration and that cycle. Gosh, and so, so that's, well, pretty heavy in terms of like the topics uncovered. How did you find that in terms of you know, as a mother, as actually even as a human being, seeing people in such difficult circumstances. And yeah, how did you manage, I guess, your own mental health throughout that filming? Because, you know, watching these things through the screen can often make you go, whoa, gosh, that's yeah. hard. When you're there, it's kind of pretty magnified, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was a mixture, really, because obviously there was some really serious, heavy stuff. But there was some really uplifting stuff of like displays of sisterhood, resilience, community, hope 
people reinventing and completely turning their lives around. We're going to have a sit down. We've done our yeah. 10,000, so we're, going to, we're not going to cheat. We've actually earned our sit down and we're going to look back over this beautiful view. But yeah, some of it was like bleak, you know, because we were staying in areas, we weren't staying in tourist areas. And like some of the jails are in like big wasteland. So we were staying in kind of dodgy hotels, sort of away from the kids at night and sort of with people's stories, sitting with them, thinking about it and just really thinking whatever your opinion is on nature, nurture, life, how it begins, religion, the family and the environment you're born into is pure luck, you know? And we don't all have the same opportunities and the same start in life. And I think, you know, a lot of the women that I met, you know, they were all affected by addiction. Some were born addicted to drugs, mm. you know, some were born in jail. So incredibly difficult start for a lot mm. of the, the women. It's, it, it often, it's often something that I think about, you know, my life, like how lucky I am to be born to a family that, you know, I was born, you know, we didn't have a lot per se, mm. but we had, so much when it came to you know parents that that surround us with love that generally gave us pretty good advice that you know had our best interests at heart safety, and stability. Had safety yeah. and stability in your life yeah. and, and you think god you know that is just the luck of the draw that yeah. is literally luck of the draw and it it makes a huge difference i mean some of the work i've seen you know the royal foundation talking about those early years develop the first five years yeah you think oh my gosh you know like what can that person the first five years do? They're not choosing that situation and yet it affects the, the rest of your life. So I just wonder what are the kind of, obviously go and watch, I'm, I'm looking forward now to go and watch the, the series and you know, please give it a watch and come to your opinions, guys, on the Stompcast. But what do you feel like the, the lessons learned from that kind of series are? What was your kind of takeaway things from the, well, I from think the conversations or experiences you had? Massively around judgment because, you know, you talk about those early years and I mm. think we think of that as like the joyful time, you know, the baby, uh, everyone wanted their child, everyone's got the same start in life. What a celebratory time. Mm. Well, I went to centres that were helping women. They were, they were set up to be where they could go and um, live out a criminal mm. sentence, but in more of a rehab setting. Mm. And I attended parent classes where um, women asked basic questions like, if the child cries, should I comfort it? should I read to my child? Does it matter? Mm. And you sat there thinking, nobody's ever read to you, have yeah. they? Nobody ever comforted Gosh, you, did yeah. they? And, you know, we, we had this class mm. where they were, had these books and this girl said to me, oh, it's the first time I've ever read a book. Mm. And she was in her sort of thirties. And I just thought they haven't had basic needs met as ch babies, children, adults. Mm. And this is really heartbreaking. So I think the prison population is a population that many people will never visit and will feel like a world mm. they're not necessarily that interested in. But whatever your opinions are about people that find themselves in the prison system, majority of them one day will have to be released and come back into society. Yeah. So whether you think you care or not, it does directly impact you. So I think we live in a democracy where we believe in reform and rehabilitation. Mm. So it is important that we find out what's going on in the inside and that we, we take an interest mm. in it. I mean, in America, I met loads of amazing groups. It primarily relied on um, religious groups in America that would volunteer and support. Um, but I don't actually believe in sending addicts to prison. I think that there's a missing service mm. because a lot of people became deeper in their addiction in prison. And when I met them when they were clean, they weren't the person who had committed the crime. Like, obviously, there is a section of society that needs to be in prison for the protection mm. of everybody mm. and might not necessarily be able to rehabilitate. Yeah. 
But that is such a small section, especially within women. 80% of female prison population is a drug-related crime. So that's split into two of it will be they were used and taken advantage of as drug mules mm -hmm. and exploited, or they had an addiction themselves and all that crime was, was led to by feed to feed the addiction. So when you look at that, the percent of women that are Myra Hindley, Rose Rest mm -hmm. is so small, and that's why they become so prolific, because it's so unusual, that type of crime, that we hear about it and it falsely mi misrepresents the rest of the population. Gosh, so yeah, it's, it's, it does make you question the whole system then. So how, because yeah, if you kind of brought up a situation, say, yeah, you know, you, you're, so you had a mother that was uh, using uh, while you're in the womb, then you, you're literally addicted almost from, from, yeah. from birth. How, how do you work out, because a lot of, the prison system is based on culpability. You, you've done this wrong, therefore you're going to go and serve time for this. But who is wronged in that scenario? It's a very, when you look at it deeply, yeah. how do you decide about who is wronged or who was part of a wider issue or who actually just needs the right kind of support and help and actually deeply is a good, can be a good person that can you know, contribute to society wide? I think my conclusion from making the programme was that the baby was always the victim because you take a child away from its mother. I mean, I saw people having caesareans, having babies mm. cut out, and uh, six, seven hours later, going back to a cell and the baby being removed. Oh, gosh, you know, so I saw some quite brutal, watch, yeah, very unnatural. It goes against nature and nurture. As a mother, that must have been really difficult. Yeah, and then you would meet generations in prison. People would be like, my grandma's on the other wing, my mum's down here, my daughter's on remand. And you know, there's like four generations of women here in prison. Mm. And guess what? They're all addicts. They're all an anaesthetizing, self-administering, drugs to blot out their reality so it's not it, certainly in america it's not working what no. they're doing so gosh there needs to be a reform there doesn't there it's just, yeah. yeah i guess what did you kind of have any like throughout that process did you see any light in terms of what the answer could be yeah i met some people that were doing it's controversial for i mean i'm a christian but if you're not this can be controversial, but I met a lot of people that were running missionaries mm. where the judge would sentence them to go to this kind of center and it would be under you know, criminal charges. You're not allowed to leave. You're there for four years, but you could take your baby with you. And in this center was a working nursery where residents would work at the nursery. There was a hairdresser's, a dentist. There was classrooms and you would learn trades. You would get qualifications and you would become a productive member of society and it was detox. Mm. So there were also uh, medical staff there that were helping you detox. So then when you were leaving the centre, they would then help with, they, they would set you up in employment before you left, help you with social housing. So you were sort of genuinely building a life in there whilst doing your sentence, mm. but you still had loss of liberty and loss of freedom. Mm. So, you know, it was still... still yeah, you're still facing that kind of accountability element. Yeah. Because it is an interesting one where you look at like, I guess there is always a proportion of people, there's a small proportion of people who do things that are so heinous that they're not either, it's not safe to have them in the, in the community, Absolutely. or there isn't the, it, it isn't right for them to be allowed the opportunity to um, rehabilitate for, for extreme reasons. But for yeah. the vast majority of people, um, who say le lesser crimes or situations, uh, you know, allowing the opportunity to grow. I mean, we talk about growth a lot in society all the time, it's kind of a buzzword, and yeah. the opportunity to like learn from our mistakes. But then we should allow that for 
you know, the vast majority of people the opportunity to grow. And if it's an environment that isn't, create, isn't going to give them the nutrients for growth, then that, that's an issue, isn't it? You expect them to come out of, say, prison and then go back to, into the world and go, right, they are, you need to now just be a quote-unquote normal member well, of society. And that's sometimes the standards we hold some of these inmates to. I don't think we could fulfil them because when you talk to these people about the childhood trauma and the violence, the sexual violence, could you go and be yeah, an upholding member of society? Could you go and get a job mm. and get out of bed every day after X, Y or Z happened in your childhood? You know, I think you've got to sort of be careful if you haven't walked in those mm. shoes to not necessarily... To judge. Yeah, and to hold people to those standards. But I do think it is controversial because where I filmed in that centre, that was Alabama. Yeah. So that was like deep south, the Bible Belt. Everyone was a Christian. You know, I'm happy to happy clap along to all the sort I'm into that but if you're not into that maybe that excludes people because you're sort of saying well you have to have this belief and if you don't then you you can't access this service and and I suppose that is controversial because Mm. it's not free of judgment still Let's, so, let's wander on that note down yeah. the hill. That is a big topic, isn't it? So, I mean, the, the, the answers to these, these situations are often complex, but there's often, it's trying to find lots of different ways to support people or look for outcomes that cover a lot of different circumstances. And I guess that yeah. is, that's difficult, but we've got to try, you know, I think in society, how, how you treat people in the most vulnerable situations, I think defines us as a society. We can't give up on people. I mean, part of my, I, obviously I have my Burns charity, the Katie Piper Foundation here, but I also volunteer in women's prisons in the UK just because I wanted to do charity work that was slightly not directly about what has happened to me Mm because sometimes I can find it too consuming. Um, So I go into prison, especially around International Women's Day, I go and do workshops and things like that with the women and it is really fulfilling and it's really interesting and you know it goes back to that thing of gratitude of one wrong decision, one interaction can change the course of anyone's life and you're never far off ending up somewhere like that. It's just a day that started out as a normal day went wrong. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The, the Katie Piper Foundation, you know, you've done incredible work for that and quite rightly, you know, you've been recognised uh, uh, for that work. You have an OBE, right? I should have worn which it is, today uh, and made you call me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is just in, in, incredible. And it's a uh, member of the British Empire, commander of the British Empire. What's o, the O is the... Order. Order of yeah. the British Empire. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. It must be... 
I know we, and I know even from the time I spent with you, you know, the, your why is very much about the people that you're helping, but it must feel good in some sense for someone to go, do you know what, at the, kind of the royal level going, you know, what you've done is over and above and it is, it is incredible to be recognised for that. Do you, do you hold those things in terms of like, I'm, I'm proud of that? Well, I felt a bit embarrassed because like you're running a charity, like we are, we're a service provider, we provide mm. um, scar management and rehabilitation. Mm. So our services, we employ a physiotherapist, psychotherapist, like we are a team of people that provide that service. Mm. So getting the OBE, I did feel slightly embarrassed because obviously it's not just me that is doing this. Um, it's, a, it's a big team and we couldn't do it without all of those people. So it, it was very much them, us, the organisation. Um, but yeah, I'm passionate about it because it, you talked about you know, how you treat people in society. Well, the whole charity was born from so many people helped me and the obvious people, the medical professionals, um, but also the British public. Like what, you know, people forget that my story, I only came known to people as a victim of crime in the news mm. and the British public got behind me. And after I made that first documentary, they supported me. So I think being on the receiving end, um, we didn't talk about kindness much back then because this is 15 years ago, but being on the receiving end of empathy and kindness from strangers stayed with me forever. Wow. And it made me realize it, when your world gets smaller and you start to feel excluded or isolated, like that kindness from strangers has a huge long lasting impact. Really affects you and things. Well, listen, yeah. I mean, what I think is, is kind of relevant and certainly um, not important in, in this sense, but I, you know, you, you really do deserve that, Obi. I think that what you've done, I mean, and the confidence you've given people, you know, and I, you know, I grew up, you know, and, and you know, kind of hearing your story, knowing you when I was growing up from, I guess, a, a viewer's perspective, I don't know what the word is, as someone yeah. that kind of saw you from a, a distance, and I was like, wow, How this person's so inspiring. I'm 32. Oh, okay, I'm yeah, so a bit younger than me. So, yeah, yeah but, you know, as a, as, a, as a teenager, as like a formative, in your formative years, like, it really, it really had an impression on me, and I think, imagine all the people that you have had an incredible impact upon, both inside, you know, not just in terms of, I mean, not just in terms of women either, but, but men as well, I think is, it's incredible. So you really do deserve that. And oh, thank you. Well, I, I try to be honest and not I, to say I'm not perfect. And mm. other people have had Im an impact on me. We're all perfectly imperfect. That's it's what I always true. like to say. You know, we're all perfectly imperfect. And I guess, you know, we're all doing our best, aren't we? Yeah. We're trying our best. I mean, look, even now, I'm like so far on in my journey psychologically and physically. Even when I saw the Skin Hero campaign mm. with people with different skin issues that aren't directly the same as mine, it gave me that reminder of it's okay to be different yeah. to, and, and to be proud and look at these people and haven't we come so far collectively as a society. So you never know who you're influencing. Mm. I think that's one of the life lessons yeah, that, that so by true. showing up and being authentic, you're always influencing people you might never meet. Yeah. And also actually, even, re even removing social media you know, if you say, well, you know, I'm you know, someone with 200 followers or I don't use social media or not, that's just as true in real life. The way that you treat people around yeah. you, the opportunity to show up in person, like that's, we talked about at the start, 
you know, that, you know, smiling at strangers and saying yeah. hello to people. It gives people a message. It makes people feel yeah. something, to feel connected, to feel human. And, and, and we all have that ability to leave a good impression. I, always th I often think that, you know, if I can finish my day, it's Jesus as I finish my day and I think, do you know what, I've had a good impact on someone today. Or you know, yeah. I think, oh, I smiled at someone today. Or I said hello. Or we had a good interaction and maybe that person's gone away feeling good. Yeah, that yeah. That is such a lovely, that is a medicine for the soul, that is, isn't it? Well, I always think this in the medical world, like when you see, like they've had such a difficult few years with um, like, you know, they're advocating for themselves, for mm. their, their rights, their pay. And I always think, oh my goodness, like, you never forget your doctor, you never mm. forget your physio, you know, the, 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 the people that came to you in your time yeah, of need absolutely. as the patient, you remember what they were wearing, you remember their name tag, you remember how they looked, you remember what they said, how they smelled. Mm. And it's like they have such an amazing impact. But for them, I suppose it's almost like a conveyor belt of patients where they don't get the time to stop mm. and, and pause and reflect. But yeah, they do amazing things. Absolutely. All right, should we do our health fact of the week? Okay. Did you know that although your skin is the biggest organ, it's the last place to receive hydration, to receive water. Okay. So when you're out stomping, make sure you drink plenty of water. There's a lovely little tip and a bit of advice there from our, our Charlie. It does make sense actually, sense, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Which is why you have to be so conscious of rehydrating the skin, mm -hmm. I suppose. Mm -hmm. Hydration's so. important. I mean, our body will prioritise our brain and our vital organs mm. first. Um, of course, our skin, as we've discussed, is vital, but in terms of like the immediacy, if your heart stops, for example, you know, if your skin doesn't have water for a little bit of time, it will survive. But by that, or for that reason, is why you have to keep you know, hydrated, because the first thing to go is your skin. Well, in my car, I've got a massive, you know, one of those one litre flowers. I've got a massive one in my car of water. Do you make sure you, do you, do you kind of make sure you finish a certain number of day or do you just I keep drinking? I am rubbish at it. Ah, there so, you go. There we go. There's something we can leave yeah. with you today. Something we, there's always things to work on. Hydration. So yeah. I've, I've given Katie a, a reminder on hydration. I have those days where I do it because I'm conscious. Yeah. And then by the next day, it's like I've had one sip and it's like 8 p.m. Yeah. and the whole thing's Well, I've got Abby sat yeah. next to me in the car and she's, she is the hydration queen. Oh, really? Literally. Okay. She has, how many different water bottles do you have, Abs? Probably at five or six. She's got a different one for a different occasion, depending okay. on the mood. Today is a pink, it's a pink water bottle day nice, today. Nice, nice. And she, she is hydrated, aren't you? Yeah. You're hydrated. <laughs> well, listen, I've had a fantastic time. It's I been a too. brilliant really walk. I've really enjoyed and, it. You know, we've, we've covered so much, really. We've covered a lot of ground, excuse the pun. Um, but it feels, yeah, it feels really nice to share a walk with someone that's, yeah, it's Do so you know inspiring. what? It's my first experience of, like, always podcasts are opposite somebody yeah. like face-to-face -face yeah. contact and I think you talk in a different way when you're walking. I, do. I yeah. think you it triggers a part of a very a refle very reflective part of the brain when you're yeah. face on with someone you are in not a standoffish mindset but you're in a very kind of act and react whereas when you're walking alongside someone you're in a very reflect space. Yeah I, think. I felt more relaxed oh, so okay. yeah it's nice. Give me a hug. Thank, Thank you so you. much. It's Thanks been for having wonderful. me. Enjoyed I really it. really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, yeah well guys uh, you know enjoy uh, whatever you're doing today, the rest of your day, um, do check out the Skin Heroes campaign. We're really proud of it, of course. And we'll be reflecting on the key lessons we've learned from the Stompcast episode and behind the Stompcast, which you can access on Apple Podcasts. Whatever you're up to today, take care of yourselves. Love you lots. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.